The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and one's foes will be members of one's own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever does not take up the cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Those who find their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. Whoever welcomes you welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward, and whoever welcomes a righteous person in the name of a righteous person will receive the reward of the righteous. And whoever gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones in the name of a disciple, truly I tell you, none of these will lose their reward. Now when Jesus had finished instructing his twelve disciples, he went on from there to teach and proclaim his message in their cities. The Gospel of the Lord. Today we begin reading from the book of Exodus, a very crucial book in salvation history, and we will be reading it daily until the end of July. I'll just give you a brief overview of the book. The name Exodus means departure, and that sets the theme of the departure of God's people from Egypt toward the Promised Land. It's the story of the transition from a people in bondage to a people in covenant, in God's relationship. And that will be formed especially at Mount Sinai, where God will reveal the law, the Ten Commandments, and form them as one people. For a particular reason, they're chosen and elected as a nation, not for themselves, but to go out and to bring this revelation to the pagan nations, as God wants all to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. God also personally reveals his name, for example, to Israel, especially at the burning bush. And God says, my name is I am who I am. And that was an important revelation for Moses to bring to Pharaoh and to bring God's wish that the Israelites be given opportunity to worship. Now there's going to be a contest throughout the book between Pharaoh and the Israelites. And it's really a contest between Pharaoh and God, or really Satan and God, because Satan is using Pharaoh to try to wipe out the faith of the Israelites. And this will stop the whole plan of salvation in its tracks. What Pharaoh will do is increase the burden of Israel to work nonstop. They'll have to gather the straw to make the bricks, to make the cities, and they will be more and more enslaved as time goes on, and Moses will approach Pharaoh to at least let them go for three days to worship. And he refuses, and then God, of course, gets involved. We have a whole Exodus scene. The issue is, who will Israel serve? Will it be Pharaoh, or will it be God? 
and we will know the struggle as Israel journeys through the desert and they will have a hankering to go back to slavery in order to eat the good food that they had in slavery. God is testing them as they go through the desert. There are many types or prefigurements in the book of Exodus that apply to the New Testament and to us and what we're doing here today. For example, baptism is prefigured in the Israelites going through the Red Sea and their enemies being washed away. That's a type of baptism. The Eucharist is prefigured in the Passover where we have the lamb that was sacrificed and the blood of the lamb put on the doorposts of the homes of the Israelites so that the avenging angel would pass over and protect the firstborn. But they had to eat the lamb that night in order to be saved. That's a type of the Eucharist. And Jesus will say in John chapter 6, whoever eats my body and drinks my blood has eternal life and I will raise that person up on the last day. Further types are the manna, the bread from heaven, and a type of the Eucharist, our daily bread. Jesus incorporates that into the prayer, the Our Father, he teaches his disciples, give us this day our daily bread. The tabernacle is a major theme in the book of Exodus, and the detailed instructions of how to build it very precisely using the correct materials and the correct dimensions, because it will house the Ark of the Covenant, which itself houses the very presence of God. That's a type of the incarnation. Christ is the true tabernacle, the true temple. And now it's fulfilled, at least here on earth, in the church. Many other types. We have the whole pilgrimage of the Israelites from slavery to freedom to the promised land as they go through the desert. That's a type of our spiritual journey in this life, as we journey, and it's a struggle, but we're heading toward the promised land of heaven. That's just a brief overview of the book. In particular, today we have the first reading from Exodus chapter 1. Notice what it says. Now a new king arose over Egypt who did not know Joseph. The word not to know is not simply that he forgot about his history, but that Pharaoh was not in relationship with the Israelites. This was a new king, the former Pharaoh who had so been in relationship with Joseph because Joseph basically saved the whole land from famine and gave them the best of the land in Goshen so that Joseph could bring his father and his brothers, and that's how they settled and multiplied. This new king is now afraid that they are fulfilling the divine command in Genesis, be fruitful and multiply, to such an extent that he fears they will become an army against Egypt. And when Egypt's enemies attack, he's fearful that Israel will join them. What does he do? He acts like Satan. He attacks Israel in the very person of the males in particular, where he has orders that the midwives throw them into the sea and drown them. We don't get the full story here, but if you read chapter 1, the midwives refuse. They don't obey. And they're named because they obey God. We never know the name of Pharaoh. He's a 
footnote in history is he's irrelevant because he was not in relationship with God or his people. Well, with that, let us acknowledge that we're part of this journey. And the new exodus began with Christ. We know this because it's hinted at when we have the famous scene where Jesus takes Peter, James, and John up the mountain and reveals himself. And who's with him? Moses and Elijah. Moses from the book of Exodus. And there's a conversation about the new exodus. Jesus is the new Moses. He's leading us on a journey from sin to life eternal and giving us the fulfillment of the types. So we're here today to receive not just manna from heaven, but Christ, body, blood, soul, and divinity, partaking in his sacrifice. And we've all been baptized, and we're relishing in the graces as a result of baptism. So we're very much in this story, and as we go through it day by day for the next several weeks, let us take to heart the lessons learned and rejoice that we have this history, how God providentially acted through Moses and through his people, and particularly when they were obedient. One further personal revelation was in Exodus chapter 34, when God reveals his divine mercy. Now this was just after the golden calf incident, when Israel apostatized terribly. What does God do? He brings Moses up the mountain, Mount Sinai, and reveals himself. And he says, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, keeping merciful love and faithfulness for thousands. What a tremendous revelation. After the apostasy, we have that. Gives us hope that even though we sometimes fail and sin, God's mercy is there. So let us rejoice and be glad as we stand and pray.